0: as you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell you will see through the fog a bend in reality a veil
1: that is beyond your own comprehension it's the other side beyond the void
0: Guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Void
1: horror podcast.
0: That's right, it's episode 292, and we are going to Japan. Japan! Woo! We're going to go to Japan with two movies in particular. Two movies that were actually gifted to us by one of our listeners, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan, so much. Ryan and his partner, of course, technically. But yeah, Ryan snuck it in there as a birthday gift to uh, me. Mm -hmm. And he also got you something, too. But you guys will see that in my uh, video haul that'll be up in the next couple of days or whatever. So um, we got a lot of stuff this past couple of weeks. So we're really happy about that. But thank you, Ryan, for donating. If you guys ever want to do that, we have an Amazon wish list that you can always check out on our website, or you can write us and tell us that you want to send us some stuff, whatever, and we'll watch whatever it is and review it. Mm -hmm. It might be on the YouTube. It might be on the podcast, but we don't know. Just letting you know. But yeah, how are you doing, Christina? What's going on? Oh, wait, we didn't say what they were. (laughs) (laughs) So we were watching (laughs) Meatball Machine from 2005 and Tokyo Gore Police from
1: 2008.
0: Right. So, two extremely gory Japanese films that lean into absurdity, uh, like, of massive proportions, like, ridiculous proportions. It's just, like, literally gore films that have a story that they actually, they just fell over. hmm Nothing heavy on the story. Well, they try to get tricky in some of these movies, but, mm-hmm. yeah, so but yeah so christina how are you doing this week what's going on with you
1: well i had to have dental work
0: oh
1: but you know wasn't as bad as you yeah
0: but she kept trying to like dick compare it like oh mine (laughs) was bigger than yours
1: well i was in there for five hours (laughs) so it was like oh you were in there a
0: long time
1: yeah well i had a lot of work done
0: how long was i in there for mine
1: uh, just not too long, like three hours. Your cleaning was like an hour. And then when you had that your was like root the worst too. stuff, the cleaning was? Yeah. Was it worse than your root canals?
0: Yeah, pretty much. I don't know. I don't like any of it, really. Right. <laughs> That's why I'm brushing my teeth like 70 times a day now. <laughs> my gums are just bleeding. Like
1: I can't stand the noise. I have to wear earplugs next time.
0: Yeah. She- that
1: was more painful to me than them being in my mouth.
0: The misophonia.
1: Yeah. It's mm. bad.
0: Wow. Sucks to be you.
1: Yep. Stop. <laughs>
0: Are you at the dentist? <laughs> it's
1: not funny. Yeet. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Murray's all freaking out.
0: Anyway, so yeah, that I'm glad you made it through. I had to take care of her that night. I was was I attentive? Kind of. Was I? Kind atten- of. She was kind of a bitch to me. So. I was not. <laughs> I was trying to do all this nice stuff for her, and then she would be like very specific. And yeah, it was like.
1: Because I'm specific.
0: Yeah, huh. Okay. All right.
1: Because you don't do things right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, wow. See, you're getting a little insight here, and now she beats the shit out of me.
1: Oh, that's not funny.
0: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, we had that. It's been a lot of teething, teeth stuff, so that's been fun. Maybe we should have done the dentist over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, we should. Like Kyle suggested.
1: Because I got to go back, and then you go.
0: I gotta go in three like, months. Like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go back and I'm be like, they're gonna be like, well, we don't really need to clean anything, and I'm gonna be like, yep, that's right, because I'm a fucking genius and I'm good. <laughs> How many times did you brush? Oh, like seventy. Yeah, we noticed that the gums have gone back up about four inches, <laughs> so there's about one quarter inch did, left of tooth hanging.
1: Did they do the laser treatments on you? They no, do, they no. did the laser treatments on me.
0: Oh, that must be nice. Yeah. Now I got full fucking archaic fucking chisel and hammer style.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anyways. <laughs> but it was nice to watch these movies, although I had a really hell of a time trying to fucking watch these movies this week. I don't know mm-hmm. what it was, but my... Shit's just fucking with me too much. It's pissing me off. But I did get up a couple of videos this week, so I was pretty happy about that. We got some movies from Visual Vengeance, so if you haven't watched those, they're the sort of homemade SOV movies. There's two of them. There's one for the Necrophiles and one for the Japanese Evil Dead called Bloody Muscle, Bodybuilder in Hell. So I got two uh, Blu-rays. Great that, title. Uh, yeah, they're they were really fun. I really had a good time. And they're different, like, reviews style than I normally do, I think. Mm -hmm. a little bit than normal. They're silly. Yeah.
1: Your review was silly.
0: The first one, the Necrophiles definitely was. Great. Yeah. But yeah, so if you want to check those out, guys, definitely support that. And then we'll have the video haul up here this week. But uh, yeah, we got some, we got all our shit planned out for the rest of the month, I think, right?
1: I think so, except maybe one week.
0: What are we doing next week? Do we know? Or do we know? Don't answer what it is, actually.
1: Yes, we do know.
0: Okay. (laughs) So by the end of this episode, you guys will find out. You guys are just like, oh, I'm just going to skip to the end. I don't want to listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else going on that we're uh, looking forward to?
1: I wanted to talk about that we watched that Conjuring Kesha paranormal show.
0: Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that. We didn't
1: we have not talked about that because it was fucking horrible. Okay, but first we... of all, let's
0: explain it to what the what the, what it is first before we go into like our thoughts and okay. stuff. Okay. So, Christina, I don't know where she found this out, but Kesha the singer, the pop star sensation that I used to sing in the back of a tour bus when I was on Black Ops tour, by the way, because Daniel from Aesthetic Perfection was a huge Kesha fan at the time, by the way. Right, she's great. Anyway, Kesha, the pop star, she's also been very fond of doing, like, spooky stuff. And I would assume that it's kind of light, you know? It's like, you know, some people who like to say, oh, well, I like fine, you know, jewelry. (laughs) You know, like, whatever. But she likes... Like, dark art stuff. And she has a podcast that she does with, like, a bunch of guests and stuff.
1: Well, it's because when she was on tour, she would make everyone stay at haunted hotels. like Just while to she fuck was with them, tour. yeah. Yeah, just to fuck with people and stuff like that. I
0: don't she think was- she was really that much of a believer, necessarily. She just kind of, like, wanted to have fun. Right. And then, like, because she's a big puss in the show. <laughs> Let me just tell you right now. <laughs> well,
1: the first episode, she walked out.
0: Dude, the first episode, we watched it, and I was just like, this is stupid.
1: Yeah, well, and it was with a
0: comedian. I can't think of her name. She was just on Joe Rogan the other day or whatever. Some female Ooh. producer and writer and comedian uh, and actress. Uh, I can't remember. They went to a jail or something like that. And they were like, yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. And I was like, what the fuck kind of show is this? <laughs> and and it was like, oh, my God, guys, like the ghosts are so fu-. I'm like, not for that. Like, seriously. And I was like, oh, my God, Christina, what the fuck <laughs> are we watching?
1: So then we watched the second episode. And then when we became fans, <laughs> we actually kind of liked it. Why? It was fun.
0: Actually, it was the Gator episode. I right. don't know if, if you guys watch. Watch Dave, which is with Little Dicky. His name is Dave. Um, He has a best friend that he's actually kind of friends with, like real friends with in real life named Gata. And Gata is like one of the characters in his TV show that kind of mimics his life a little bit. Not 100 percent. But, you know, obviously it's written for comedy, kind of like the Louis show or the fucking Curb right. Your Enthusiasm or whatever. And
1: he was a skeptic going in. He was like, you know, whatever. This is all bullshit. And then he couldn't even stay in the house.
0: Dude, he was crying by <laughs> it, the end of the fucking episode. They
1: went to the San Francisco, the Anton LaVey house.
0: Yeah, the fucking, um, I don't know what it's called.
1: It's, a, it's like a Satanist house.
0: It's a Chester. Ch- Chester I don't know. But it's something.
1: famous. It's in San Francisco. It's yeah, someone it's where they did Sala all the Bay. fucking
0: rituals up in the fucking yeah, tower. Harry where Tesla and Houdini were up yeah. there or some shit. I don't fucking know. Somebody with fucking radio waves. Yeah, but
1: he wouldn't even he he got so freaked out he wouldn't even stay. Which right. I thought was hilarious.
0: Dude, they had a scene where she was they were doing the Ouija board, and I swear to God, that thing fucking jumped.
1: And I mean yeah, it could I have been know. it could
0: be, you know, it could be Kesha magic.
1: <laughs> On hand.
0: Yeah, I don't know, but it looked legit. And they both were like, he, Gator looks at her and he goes, nah.
1: <laughs> Hell no. Nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> It's fun. It was a fun show. Dude, I mean, the,
0: the first night that they stayed in, Gator was like, I ain't believing any of this shit. Let's have some fun. You know, he's like, and when they walked up to the door, the door started moving. Oh, yeah.
1: The handle was moving or whatever.
0: Right. And then he was like, oh, that's weird. You know, and then they go up in the house or something happens. And then he's like, Yeah. I'm out. Okay, so I ain't gonna fuck with that shit. Yeah, have a good night, guess It's just like I'm sleeping here by myself, guys. Well, the cameramen were there. I yeah. mean, the actual
1: like paranormal evidence wasn't it's, that great, but I mean, it yeah. was fun. I mean, it, that's it was what entertaining. It's to be. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's especially Gator. Gator made yeah, I think he should be a mainstay personally. Yeah, he, like
1: he was fun. It, that was fun. It was I fun think to the watch two of them
0: should go fucking like, hunting funny. ghosts. Yeah, because that shit would be fucking legit. You know what I mean? Like.
1: But we haven't seen every episode yet. I think I we're know. behind it's, on a couple. I know.
0: Episodes. I know some of you guys that listen, like Josh, are so skeptical. <laughs> you know, like they'll they'll fucking be levitated up into the air sixty feet and then fall and break a leg and be like, "It must have been a draft." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a but, extreme, know, Alex. That's a little extreme. I, I'm just saying, like, you know, what the fuck? Are you, it's like until you experience it, you can't really say shit. You know what I mean?
1: Right.
0: It must have been a draft. I don't know. <laughs> it must have been a fucking truck that came through here and fucking pushed me up into the air 60 feet made me break my leg. But there was no truck. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's crazy. It's magic. <laughs> must be science. There's science out there. <laughs> Goddamn damn atheists! I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, Whatever. I'm, we both used to
1: be atheists. I'm not.
0: No, no, no. I lean atheist actually right. more.
1: We're more like I'm more like
0: agnostic, like a agnostic, like a, like a forgotten agnostic.
1: <laughs> forgotten agnostic.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I like to call it. I
1: like it. that. <laughs> I that
0: like sounds like that. a band name or something. Yeah. Forgotten agnostics.
1: Totally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That'll be my next band title or, or band album or something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I, I think it might be that time.
1: Oh, what time is it?
0: shots! <laughs> we're always making fun of josh every episode sorry josh i'm sorry I'm it's just trying easy
1: to get you to like cut it you
0: know? hey it's just free advertising look at it that way josh <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh we won't tell you the podcast though so fuck all of you <laughs> anyway <laughs> so we decided that we're going to do a shot this week for the movie tokyo gore police right Right, is that the one we picked? I don't even remember the name now. Yes,
1: and we are calling this the engineer shot because ah. there's engineers in the movie that—that's what how they mutate or something. Yeah, or other. when they
0: mutate, they have a special ability. It's really complex. how We figured out by the end of the movie as <laughs> to we, how this we happened.
1: It out? Anyway,
0: <laughs> it involves like genes from every murderer on Earth. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? And then keys and flesh keys that you put into your body. It's all creative shit, you know, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm it's
1: just, just mishmash. But yeah,
0: mish-mashed. They're, they're these guys that are engineers for the sake of argument and explaining the whole fucking thing. They're these guys called engineers. They're crazy, murderous madmen who go around. They can change their body. They can get shot a million times. They can fall down and get back up. It doesn't matter. They, they're very impossible to kill because they have this murderous genes in them. And we're calling this one an engineer based on those guys. So. So there's two thirds. Well, let's explain it the easy way. (laughs) This is a shot that is kind of like an old fashioned. So we we wound it down to a smaller drink. Old fashions are, you know,
1: a shot. You round it down to a shot.
0: But yeah, basically, we just condense the ingredients down and then you have a splash of something in it to give it the engineer. Okay. Do you know another movie that there was a horror movie that was an Italian film that they called somebody I don't an engineer?
1: fucking No. What was it, Alex? Tell it me. It involved
0: a graveyard. Oh. And a guy named Nagi.
1: No.
0: Cemetery Man.
1: Oh, okay. I forgot. Is he, you're the engineer. I forgot that was uh, Italian.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, what's in this shot, Christina? Why don't you go ahead and break it down?
1: Uh, Two thirds whiskey.
0: Uh huh. What kind? Any? Any, any whiskey. Okay.
1: I use j b Any whiskey, Lou. No. And then I, we have I blah, one third old fashioned syrup, which I've been dying to use, so I'm mm. really happy I got to use. Yeah, that.
0: we got to use a, a third of that.
1: Yeah, I've already drank like half the thing, and then a splash of cinnamon liqueur or hot cinnamon liqueur.
0: Yes, you splash that it's on not, top. Yeah, we were looking into old fashions this week. So I think that kind of like came out because there's a vanilla bean one.
1: Oh, that's right. And I really
0: want to try it. So
1: right. And we will. Yeah. So let's try this one first. Cheers. Cheers
0: to engineers. Uh, not too bad. It's 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 good that it's lighter on. The, it's just a splash because I think yeah. if you would have done any more.
1: Yeah, it would have been too much. It would have been too much of the cinnamon. Yeah. Yeah. It looks really good. I like it. Yum, yum.
0: Just a splash. You just need a little, little little dabble do you. A little kick. Yeah. But yeah, guys, so if you want to try it out an engineer from the movie Tokyo Gore Police, all you have to do is go to longlifthevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, Christina, so now it's time to do our flash.
1: And potatoes?
0: And potatoes. <laughs> of whoa. <laughs> of our Japanese extravaganza gore of meatball machine from 2005 and Tokyo Tokyo <laughs>
1: Tokyo gore police from 2008
0: <laughs> Can't wait to watch Tokyo
1: Oh you can't wait till like, I read these names Yeah let's go
0: ahead game. and do that right now All right, Christina, you did the work on this one, so kick it out.
1: All right, Meatball Machine for 2005. Not to be confused with Meatballs, the, seven, the 1979 comedy with Bill Murray. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right.
0: As if you needed to say that.
1: <laughs> I did need to say it. I have to.
0: First of all... What? Let's mention what this movie is based off of.
1: Oh, so this movie is based off a short called Meatball Machine from 1999.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a short film, by the way, of about 30, 13 minutes. It says hour and 10 online on IMDb because there's two meatball machines on there. I was like, wait a second. But it got turned into a bigger budget movie in 2005. And I'll link it in the episode notes below so you can watch it. Like, now, there is no subtitles, but I found them online. You just, I don't know how to put them together. I don't know. <laughs>
1: So the movie is about full-throttled, splatterific Japanese cyberpunk science fiction horror at its most aggressive, this mind-blower about alien parasites that turn their human hosts into slave necroborgs will leave you dizzy and drained in a good way.
0: Yeah, I drained myself afterwards.
1: Yeah, especially after this fucking...
0: <laughs> what?
1: Um, definition. Oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> We have two directors who also wrote on this film. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're going to have to help me out with the names.
0: Uh, die Yamaguchi.
1: Uh, Known for the ABCs of Death from 2012. Also, he did Abductee from 2013 and... Yakuza Weapon.
0: Yakuza Weapon.
1: Yeah, Yakuza Weapon from 2011.
0: We also have Junichi Yamamoto. Uh,
1: he also he did Violator from 2018. X-
0: Which, by the way, I wanted to point out, is has a starring role from the guy from Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell. Oh.
1: Uh- Oh, that
0: Which okay. I just got and did a YouTube review of of the the evil dead, Japanese evil dead. And he's starring in that movie. So That's how funny. weird of a coincidence it is.
1: Lots of coincidences. Yeah. Uh, he also did X Revengers from 2010 and also did the original Meatball Machine from uh, 1999 that we just talked about the short. Okay. This movie stars
0: Issy Takahashi,
1: who plays Yoji. He was in Kill Bill Volume 1. Uh, he was also in Whisper of the Heart from 1995 and Shin Godzilla 2016. We also have
0: Aoba Kawaii, who plays Sachiko, the girl.
1: She was in Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy from 2021 and Have a Nice Day from
0: 2006. <laughs> we got Kenichi Kawasaki, who plays Tanaka,
1: who was in Playback from 2012, uh, Zetae
0: Zite Ridu which is Tokusho, Hanzai, Senor Sosa I don't know thank you mm-hmm.
1: and then I also want to point out the special effects were done by
0: Taiga Ishino who did
1: a Mutant Girl Squad from 2010 the Machine Girl from 2008 and Tokyo Gore Police
0: right they all work together yeah it, it's not, he's one of the many people that worked yeah, on who? Yeah, yeah but
1: he worked on those so I just wanted to point that out right and what did you think of this Movie their Alex.
0: <laughs> well, if Tetsua the Iron Man had sex with an alien super sentai show, baddie, like one of the bad guys, and then gave birth to Highlander, and it grew up to make an SOV film about guar that actually had a bigger budget for plenty of gore, you'd get meatball machine.
1: That's that's good way to put it.
0: That's what it feels like, because <laughs> it's like so outrageously absurd. It's like almost like a fucking like wrestling TV show. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. Super Sentai all the way. This alien crazy shit. You know, there's always... There's a lot of gore, obviously. Now, don't expect there to be this legendary acting or storyline in it. It's efficient. It gets you through, but it's very topical. It's pretty typical stuff on the surface, but underneath, there's an actual sort of lore and storyline that they went by as a guideline that you find out by the end of the movie that's much more interesting than the entire story. But it's very typical with that whole love can win them all. You know, can you save me from the zombie plague that's scourging through my body by being in love? You know, can love save you from, you know, such. No, it can't, Never. by the way. Science wins every time you're going to die. Okay. But anyway, so you. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, you know. I just think that the story underneath is kind of more interesting, and I think they probably elaborate on that more in the sequel. It's essentially about these space parasites that are controlling bodies to battle each other in what they deem as their own world simulator for a sort of Highlander event where only one can survive. And the only problem is, is that it's infecting humans to turn them into cyber demonic Borg battlers that can morph and change at will, being controlled by tiny specimens inside. Kind of like Men in Black when they have that one guy as a little, he's like in there with the controls. Oh, yeah. Or kind of like back in the Red Scare days where they thought that little Russian dwarves were living inside the little children's heads trying to spread propaganda.
1: Well, isn't that true? No. <laughs> Are you sure?
0: Take it back, Jack. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there was a segment in uh, Mr. Show where they made fun of that. That's just, that's why it's in my head. But wow. anyway. It's spastic as all hell and gore awesome one minute, and then it's n- a drag the next minute. It's like kind of like this up and down roller coaster the whole fucking movie. The pacing is really off, really slow one minute. Please, I love you. I love you. And then really fast and cool and in your face. But, you know, they cross back over one another with this sort of genetic demonic parasite Borg story mixed in. And ultimately, it's just a gore showpiece that has a a typical love story in it. It's for the gore. You know what I mean? Totally. And and there's plenty of it to go around. So if you like gore, this is definitely a movie that will appease fans of gore and not storygoers. Okay. So if you like, you're like, oh, well, I wonder what kind of wild story this is. Like the story's there, it's just not very present and it's not an engaging story. It's more of a, wow, this this is really cool how you ripped that dude's face off and then ate that guy's like golden sphere on his shoulder. Right. It's just weird shit like that. I love seeing the creativity of it all. And it kind of reminds me of the style and the passion that you got from people who made SOV films back in the 80s and 90s. You know, like it really feels like, hey, just get out there and do it. And, like, the the, fa- the effects that they did were on a budget, you know? They're, like, cheaper on a budget kind of style. Mm-hmm. They're still expensive. This is just this movie had much more money to make the gore go round. Mm-hmm. It's just nice to watch a film that actually tries to make the gore entertaining, which is fun. You know, the the story underneath is just kind of there. It's rough around the edges, guys. You're not going to find like, you know, this is not hereditary levels of fucking filmmaking. You know, it's got some, you know, interesting shots and things in it that are in there. But it's mostly trying to be offensive, disgusting, and also kind of lighthearted in some sort of weird dichotomy Like they're using the love story to make it more offensive in some way? Does that make sense?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Not more offensive necessarily. This, I wouldn't say this one is as offensive as the next movie. Right. But it is definitely trying to trying to use the love angle to to show you the absolute like fucking spastic gore side and compare the two but if you want gore and nothing more it's here for you if you want a love story it's in there but uh, not much Hmm. but i will say that even though i didn't you know love the film and i never have i just kind of admire it because it started this whole thing in japan right this is the movie
1: oh this is like the first one
0: yeah Mm. you know there's a lot of movies that have done stuff like this But this one just went batshit crazy on a lower budget. And they were like, oh, shit, we could actually get away with making these types of movies. So you have to. It's like the Blair Witch of these types of movies. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? When it comes to like, like they weren't the first, but they're the ones that kind of made it popular.
1: Excelled it. Right. Exactly.
0: So I'd give this movie a 5.5, maybe a 6 out of 10. But I still like it and I'm glad I own it. So don't think that I don't like it, Ryan. I definitely like it. It's like a piece of history.
1: Makes sense. What about you? Parasites that make you into a war machine.
0: (laughs) I mean, it sounds cool, right? If I heard it on paper.
1: Right. It was a little too weird for me, a little hard to follow. The story was meh. Yeah.
0: It's up and down.
1: It's shot really well, though, and I like some of the scenes where it it was the perspective of the parasite. Right. But it was, like, dirty and gross. They
0: actually went the distance uh, and shot that, too, which I really appreciate, which was in the original short, by the way, I watched. Oh, yeah? Not as good. It was, like, a claymation style. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. It was dirty and gross and it was like bloody everywhere. I didn't like the love story Uh, But love stories like always kill it for me like there's just no point for it to be there. Honestly I don't think so especially in this context um but it is a weird artistic movie. Uh, the tentacle attacks were cool. The plot twist was okay because there was like a little twisty twist in there, sure. which is like it was just okay. I'm glad I watched it. Probably a one time watch for me. Really? It actually, th- it kind of reminded me of Hobo with a Shotgun.
0: Okay. Uh, was, but just the, the way
1: it was shot. It's and the, the angles. angles. Yeah. yeah. They're
0: they're it was doing totally a very
1: totally like that to me. It made me want to watch Hobo with the Shotgun. It's
0: because it's like a. I think Hobo Shotgun was trying to appeal to a, like, people who didn't, like, when their first films, when they, you can tell when someone's making their first film. Yeah. They get all these creative angles that they want to do. Right. Instead of just keeping it normal. And
1: they just overdo it. Right. I mean, <laughs> it,
0: it's typical. That's what you would do. You know what I mean? That's right. what makes it kind of stylish, too.
1: Right. It's, it's not fine. a bad thing. No, I, I don't you know. think so.
0: I think it's just learning to balance it out.
1: Anyway, four out of ten.
0: Okay. Four out of, I kind of, what is what I expected. I expected it to be lower, to be honest, but.
1: Kind of wanted to give it Three
0: OK, so three point five.
1: I don't do point five. OK, a four. Well,
0: we're going to do three point five because I said five point five. So we'll say four point five oh, for the not two of us doing math. Yeah, well, of course, that's <laughs> so it's just about average when it comes to watching it. But there is something above average about it because it obviously did create an entire fad of Japanese films that do this kind of thing that I think have built on it much better, but still, it's a very creative idea. Japanese, and I've noticed a lot of Japanese films tend to go, like, crazy wild on their stories. Like, it's always got to be, like, these, like, multiple different twists, like, in some fashion. You know what I mean? Like, in a lot of the movies we saw, like, what was that one about the phone call that just got way too fucking convoluted? Miss call? One missed call. <coughs> are you done? Are you happy What's now? What's
1: your point? What are we doing?
0: <laughs> She's getting mad. (laughs) All right. So now we're going to go into our sort of just like there's not really much trivia about these movies, unfortunately, and I thought the discs were going to have extra stuff on it, but I guess they didn't. It was just like a trailer. It was like special exclusive edition. And I'm like, okay. and I popped in. And nothing. <laughs> uh, so I'll just tell you a story back in the day about it. But if you don't want anything spoiled, we're probably going to get into some scenes that we thought were pretty cool in this movie or that we didn't like. And if you don't want anything spoiled, obviously, you can go down to the timestamps down below. Go to the next movie that we do spoiler free, which is Tokyo Gore Police. And then if you want to skip over the spoiler section of that, you can find out what we're talking about next week. But if you don't want anything spoiled for Meatball Machine, here is your warning. Meatball Machine became the uh, international breakthrough movie of Yoshihiro Nishimura's career, and as a result of the extensive coverage, his special makeup effects work on it received a lot of attention, and he got a lot of jobs from independent movie uh, you know, mm-hmm. productions and, you know, like it was a big deal. This is what launched his career. And there's been a lot of movies that have made, you know, quite a bit of money, you know, mm-hmm. they found a market that's kind of niche and it's, you know, acceptable and people can tolerate it and people want to see gore. And there's always going to be a market for that, you know, whether it's serious or silly or not. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it, it got a lot of exposure. Meatball Machine was one of the movies that I remember that when it first came out, Or when I first heard about it, you could only order it online for like 50, 60 bucks. Like it was banned. Mm -hmm. That's how they were trying to pitch it, I remember. Right. And it was so graphic that you couldn't, you know. And so, of course, every American was like, gotta have it.
1: You gotta watch it right now.
0: Right. And at the time, my girlfriend at the time was like trying to get it because she liked... Japanese films, and she also liked gore, and she liked anime and manga and stuff like that, and she'd been following it for a while, Mm -hmm. so she was, like, really trying to get it, so I got to see it pretty early on because she got a copy. Oh. So, um, but, you know... Is it
1: How You Remembered? Was it everything you remembered? Uh,
0: yeah, pretty much. I was a little bored with it the first time I saw it. You know, I was expecting a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, it's silly. It's a little more absurd to be able to, to think it's gross or graphic or whatever. And I have a DVD copy of it over here, but I wanted the Blu-ray because it just looks better. Yeah, Right. <laughs> and I think this the, the DVD version I have is not the full version anyway. I don't know why. Oh, were... so
1: it's a bootleg? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, it's actually looking. You can see right I'm just there. Kidding. I got the actual cover and everything.
1: Oh, that's
0: good. So, suck a dick. Did you bootlegged. No, but Did there were movies it? that you could, you had to bootleg because you couldn't oh, get know. them. I know.
1: That's why I'm teasing.
0: We didn't even have them for DVD. There were so many movies that didn't make it from VHS to DVD.
1: Right, you, right. I to even
0: Blu ray. Right. And then now, all of a sudden, in the about, like, you know. The
1: nostalgia's kicking in. And yeah, everybody that, we wants got all these the...
0: boutiques now that are bringing all these movies, which, thank God. I honestly personally think that we should because we shouldn't lose these movies. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just so many. It's just hard to keep up with it. Right. But yeah, I remember watching it back then. It's, you know, about the same as I remember. I think I, I like it a little bit more just because it has that SOV flair to it where yeah. it's, it's just get out there and do it. Stop making up excuses. Get out there and do it. Mm-hmm. Like my buddy who just started shooting a movie. Mm-hmm. He said, I decided that after however long and talking about it, I'm just going to go make it. Right. So he did. And he's out shooting, filming, doing locations and stuff like that as he goes. That's cool. And he's gonna finish it at some point. And it doesn't matter when it is.
1: Yeah, it's just it's a the passion. fact that he's gonna do it. Yeah.
0: And I'm jealous of that. I I think more people should do that. Yeah. Even if it's not good to everybody. You no, know, who gives a fuck? Right. Really, these movies are very personal to a lot of people and they're specific to a lot of groups. Mm-hmm. You know, like Meatball Machine is a very niche. Kind of thing that would appeal to a certain demographic of people that would like it for X reasons or whatever, you know, which I do enjoy it because I have it has that passion about it. So, but it makes sense. I don't know. It just, uh, the love story is a little weird. It's not really even a love story. I just, I never really get into the, especially love stories where. Yeah, it wasn't. You a meet somebody that you never met before, and then suddenly you're in love, and that's the love that that holds you and bonds you together. No, if, he was
1: jacking off to her, right? Like, it, how the fuck? What the fuck? So now they're internally bonded because he was jacking off to the thought. Well, of her. she
0: said to him that she had been watching him long before he even realized she was there, and that he looked so lonely.
1: Fucking liar! Do you remember? Yeah, I remember, but I didn't believe her.
0: <laughs> and that's when she goes on the the to go hang out because the guys at his job where he sees her every day at lunch by himself, he, his boss, was like, oh, that girl's hot over there. She, she's the perfect one I for you." I need to rape her. Yeah, well, he doesn't rape her until late. Try to rape her until later. Um, I guess there is no try. If you start doing it, then you are raping her. I guess right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I don't know. It's not really Why are funny. You
1: laughing, it's not funny. Because it's,
0: the movie is silly. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, like her. His boss goes to rape her, and like he steps in. He happens to be walking out of a theater that some guy was trying to jerk him off in the theater, which is kind of offensive, you know. <laughs> Uh, And he uh, goes outside, gets beat up by him and then goes to walk home and then sees his girl, the girl he likes, being accosted by his boss. And then what a
1: coincidence
0: intervenes. After he had found something that fell out of a telephone pole, which was an alien parasite spaceship
1: that he had to collect and keep. Yeah, but he kept it, in his
0: closet, But
1: didn't attack him.
0: But when he goes home and he talks to her, they have this like weird dialogue. And she's like, and this she's is like, the, this is the thing that really freaks me out. First, she admits that she's been watching him the whole time. So he doesn't even have to admit to her that he likes her anymore. Right. But he, you know, obviously does. Or he wouldn't to try to help her.
1: So she wants to show him her, the scar on her chest,
0: she, and she's nervous
1: because it's a, it looks like a mouth.
0: <laughs> well, the thing is, is that she's like this. This whole thing, this is what I was like getting at. Is like I was gonna build up to that. Sorry. (laughs) She just likes to lay the cock out and just say, here it is, guys. I like to butter it up and then stick it in and ease it in.
1: That's gross. Why do you got to
0: see it? (laughs) Well, because you just fucking flash people like a bunch of fucking nutbag running around. (laughs) Hey, look at my dick. You're not even like trying to get them interested in your dick first. So see the dick, you know, like I like to. A little foreplay here, Christina. It's it's good to do when we're doing podcasts here. (laughs) But she she comes over after he gets beat up by his boss. She brings him in. She sits him down, tells him that she's been watching him. And then he like goes to kiss her and he kisses her. And then she's like, he goes to unbutton her top shirt like suddenly. And it's like, well, I guess they're ready to have sex now. And she's like, I I'm scared because I have a scar on my my chest that I'm afraid you'll be repulsed by. And he said, well, he doesn't say anything, and he just goes to open it up, and she, he unbuttons it, and he looks at it. It looks like a fucking mouth. It's Come not even a, That's not a scar, dude. Right, it's That's a mouth. like a gaping wound. Like, what the fuck? It did not look like a scar. No, it didn't. At all.
1: But they did do a cool thing. I don't mean to jump ahead, but the, there was this one part... Here she goes like, flashing
0: people again. Shut up!
1: Where they like flash back to the scar, and all of a sudden there's like fingers, like there's something crawling out. Of oh, the that was, was like, cool. There was fingers coming out of it. And shit! You see, that the was the cool. the yeah.
0: eyeballs. Yeah,
1: there was the eyeball. Yeah. They have these like weird. sunglass
0: things that look like the Christ wafers, the Christ checks mix. The oh the, the uh, Jesus the uh, the Christ wafers. Con- is
1: it confirmation? Yeah, where they
0: mean, get the like the the pill. The cross. body.
1: It's it's Christ's body. Yeah. Because you eat his body and drink his well, blood. Not- like a
0: crucifix, it's just a cross, like right. an X. Right. And they have him over their eyes, and it's just like a stylish thing that they did in the in the short film as well as this movie. But yeah, that that was a really cool scene where you see the fingers pull out. Yeah, it was gross. So maybe they maybe they did that first and then they were trying to match it on her chest.
1: Maybe, I don't know.
0: Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but yeah, it didn't look right. <laughs> the all of a sudden that thing in the closet starts fucking acting up after she talks about how her father like abused her sexually and 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 like caused basically,
1: the scar. Yeah,
0: he did it so that she would never be loved by anybody. And why can't anybody love her? And while she's like confessing this, it like wakes up the machine.
1: Oh, she but she said she beat her dad with an iron.
0: I didn't hear that part. Yeah, that's like said, straight that's why, out of Freddy Krueger. Yeah, that's
1: why I had to beat him with an iron.
0: Remember like, Freddy yeah. Krueger? He's like, hey, sweet pea. And then she smashes his face, and it's all sideways. It's like, hey, sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, they didn't show we that. Didn't,
1: we didn't watch Nightmare on Elm Street. I dude. wanted to,
0: but you had to go on vacation, so we're going to have to save it for next year. Yep. So We
1: could have done it like six months ago.
0: I know. It's just, you know, it's just one of those things. You weren't looking forward to it, and I didn't want to push, uh, push it on you. Whatever. We'll watch it. I want to watch it. Mm-hmm. I've been missing it. It's been years. I
1: know. Me too.
0: Um, I used to watch it every year. Just what about, the fuck? Ev- right, once every two years. You wonder
1: why? Because now you got to watch all this bullshit. <laughs>
0: hey, I'm trying to dig into stuff that we I'm have kidding. or haven't seen, you know? I know like, I'm I want to record everything that I, you know, have watched or liked or seen. Right. But anyway... That's when the thing jumps out of the closet, attacks her, and then she's like help, and then he goes to try to rip it off, which is very similar to the the short film by the way. He tries to use a crowbar or something to like mm-hmm. pop it off her chest and and then it's like starts fucking her and she's like ah ah
1: Uh. And then then the tentacles come out and kills her.
0: Yeah, it slaps him in the face when he tries to pull it off, knocks him back. He watches it rape her. And then she gets her eyes, like, drilled in, which was pretty cool looking. Yeah. By this, like, machine that, like, it it implants the parasite inside of her, then hooks up his arms to these, like, things that control her body and, like, her vision and all this other stuff. And she's like, why did you do that to me? (laughs) Then her friend walks his friend walks in who's always coming over unannounced and then is like hey man and then she stabs him in the stomach and kills him Mm -hmm. and then he goes after her to try to save her but like she's like half and half she's like in control but not Mm -hmm. and then he gets taken over by another machine and then they just battle it out for the whole fucking movie but there is a side story going on where there's this doctor
1: Whose daughter has been a...
0: She's been a victim of this.
1: She's been infected, I guess, or halfway infected. Right. So he, like, takes the guy... Um, and, and it's like tellin', telling, telling them the lowdown like how these things take over the body and it, it's trapped in like the silver spear and you have to crush the silver spear in order to gain control and kill the parasite or some
0: Right. Bullshit. But he's, he's, he, uh, his daughter's not the same person, but the only way he can keep her alive is by feeding the, the parasites inside of the silver sphere to her. And it's the only thing that keeps her from dying completely. Mm-hmm. And so he's manufacturing these things now and reproducing them in these like crazy. They're like, uh, what did he call them? Like experimental and that they're mutated and that they like cause like mutations and stuff like that. Right. And that's when he gets attacked by one of those and it drills into his head and Mhm. He, you know, has to fight the girl the whole fucking movie, and it's pretty fucking... There's some pretty cool scenes in it, like, but it does get a little overwhelming to the point where it's just not shocking anymore. Like, once you've seen m- enough blood to, like, fill an ocean, you really just don't care.
1: Exactly. Then it, and the, all the fight scenes were, like, the same. Right. To the point where it was boring. It was like... Over the same thing over and over over again.
0: See, like one of those things, like what is it like dead alive? Just to be an example of a gore movie, right? Comedy, whatever. It kind of like grows on you. You know what I mean? Like it slowly desensitizes you all the way up to the grand finale third act where everybody's getting fucking gore chopped up and everything, which I got to say, like the gore in that is probably better than this. But, you know, this was a budget, you know, like a real extreme budget one. And it was, you know, they used a lot of foam and latex and. Just it looks silly, kind of like everything looks like, you know, like a toy suit or something, you know what I mean? Like that they're wearing, like they got drills going off inside. It's ultra creative, like everything that they're doing, but it's just not as good. But I I don't know. What was I getting at? I'm not sure. It just I think it's just too much all at once. Right. And that's why the movie becomes kind of like redundant instead of memorable about the gore pieces. You know what I mean? Because they're not so different. It's just a lot of fighting and, and hitting each other. And like there was one point there was a, like a scene where the they they she's attacking some homeless guy or some random person or yeah, something, it was just
1: some random guy walking.
0: Yeah. And he, she wraps him up in this like metal or whatever, like Tetsuo Iron Man. And then like the dude, Yoji, comes over to stop her and he just beats the shit out of this guy the entire time, mm-hmm. which they did in the short film as well, but not as well. Like you could see his face and everything in the new one, whereas the other one looked like a coffin and he was just beating on it. Mm -hmm. and then eventually his face was shown underneath they really wore this out where he's like please help me while he's punching it like (laughs) over and over again to get through to her right (laughs) silly yeah which I thought was kind of funny do you have any other scenes that you like
1: actually in the beginning we kind of jumped over it but when the the parasite was like infecting people and going from person to person there was this boy and he was he had like a baseball oh yeah so so the the boy sees the thing and goes up to it
0: it looks like a backpack with tentacles
1: yeah so it attacks the boy and attaches to this boy so the parasite has control the boy and he's walking so of course he gets hit by a car which (laughs) was hilarious because the kid like exploded when uh you know he got hit by the car and it was this cool shot because all of a sudden his hand you see like The half of his arm, I'm sorry, the half of his arm was like in between the tire and it comes flying out through the tire. And then the driver comes out and he's like, oh my God, oh my God. And of course, the parasite, and then the parasite infects the driver yeah so like it, it,
0: they do a good job of kind of like watching laying, it, yeah yeah the like
1: groundwork
0: they should have done a lot more of that in the beginning to just kind of like hop from one individual to another i think it would have been right. a, a little bit better but
1: no because like
0: they want that doctor the, story
1: well and they need to have them in love and their love is going to save them but it's not they both die
0: right <laughs> Well, she does like they do stop each other from killing each other a couple of times because of their love. So ultimately, yeah, they they, which you find out by the end of the movie, these two parasites, these shadowed parasites that are like puppeted are talking to one another about this game and how they're, they're using this this whole Necroborg thing that is a project for this battle for Highlander so that they can battle and see who's the best one or whatever. It's like a game, they call it. And they're like, yeah, these humans are far more powerful than we expected. And, you know, we don't need them anymore. We figured out a new way that we don't need to use human bodies that would attach to their brain anymore. Now we've just shortcut it and made these bodies that are will not be affected by it. But then at the end, they say they were once in love, so it's going to make it way more interesting for them to fight. And I'm like, wait a second! Didn't you just say that that was the fault? Is that their their love <laughs> was their, like
1: their love like kept them from fighting? Yeah,
0: like it would. But, I, oh god, it was a little confusing. But there. it also
1: pissed me off because that whole end scene with the necroboards boards or whatever the, the parasites talking to each other—they explained everything. That we should have known in the beginning to understand what the fuck was uh, going
0: on. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's, it's, you you tell the short story first. You tell the, the, the one that doesn't expel it all. And then you get into the sequel and that's when you really, you know what I mean? Like that's oh, when you a explain sequel? it. There is a sequel. Have you yeah. seen it? Kadaku. Is yeah. it good?
1: Have you seen it? I
0: think I watched it, but I, it's been so long. I don't remember anything about it, oh, okay. but I would assume that they would elaborate on all that stuff in the sequel. But either way, at the very end, the two couple have shaved heads and they're like the same versions of them, only they have put this ball in their heart area because I guess that's the love angle. They've
1: evolved.
0: Yeah, they've evolved the machines, the bodies, just to, to react on love because it creates more anomalies that will mutate things because of their love or something like that. That's what they say. And at the end, they scream at each other. It's like, ah! and then it cuts and you see the spaceship flying in like another planet and it's credits Mm -hmm. so I don't know I mean there's really not that much I mean it's 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 just a blur of gore like the very beginning of the movie has a split headshot that I loved
1: right oh yeah yeah, the guy was going to like commit. So that beginning scene we did talk about. It was so funny because this guy was going to commit suicide. He was putting his his head in a noose, and the, it, then the suicide note was oh. sitting right there. And then the parasite jumps up and like. <laughs> well, they did a really cool job him.
0: of using the like these tentacles things that they were shaking like yeah, and vigorously. The, the
1: noise. It was like this. Sh- 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 yeah, they sh- sh- were shaking
0: noise. in front of the camera over top of the characters all the time, and, and, and then
1: it, it was squirt blood. Like it was
0: like grabbing it and tucking it in like they did in Tetsuo. So anyway, just, it I, is funny. yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah. I don't know. This is interesting. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that was a fun one. Um, we do have another movie that was very similar to it in a lot of ways, and that is Tokyo Gore police, which came out in 2008. It is one of the many films of like, I'll go over a bunch here. You'll know which ones I'm talking about that have a ton of gore in them and just go wild and go ham. So Tokyo Gore police, is about a movie in the future of Tokyo. A young woman in their privatized police force tracks down her father's killer while battling against mutant rebels known as engineers. Tagline, strap yourselves in because things are about to get very, very bloody and very, very strange.
1: All right.
0: There's another one. It's like somebody's got a bloody job to do. (laughs) And then the last one is Tokyo is burning.
1: Oh, I like that last one.
0: (laughs) Kind of, There is some, like, so uh, I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, This movie's uh, uh, effects, gore, creature design. It was edited and written and directed by Yoshihiro Nishimura, he's done makeup for literally so many different movies in Japan for this type of style that it's ridiculous. He's directed a bunch too. So I'll just go over his directorial efforts. He did Helldiver, Mutant Girls Squad, the ABCs of Death segment Z is for Zetsumetsu. He also did Zombie TV, Meatball Machine Kadaku, the Welcome to Japan, the profane exhibit, which is coming out by Unearth Films here, which is an anthology that he did the segment um called The Hell Chef. And he also did Vampire Girl versus Frankenstein Girl, that's uh another one too. Those oh. later one. Seemed like they kind of died down a little bit in the book right. as the tens, you know.
1: As they should.
0: Yeah. Oh, he was also a writer on the movie too, by the way. I forgot to mention that. Did I mention that?
1: Oh, I don't know. You might have.
0: Yoshihiro Nishimura did. But some of the writers were Kengo Kajai, who did uh, Garo, Samurai Princess. Uh, there was Bloody Night of Gogo. He did Uzumaki. He helped kind of advise some of the screenplay on that. Um, plus, he is the official writer for Wolverine, the Japanese anime
1: Oh, there's like a TV show. Uh They
0: do it in Japanese style. Cool. And there's another it's also another one called Marvel anime, which he is a writer for as well. We also have uh, Maki Mitsui, who also has played the snail girl in this movie. Oh, okay. She's also an actor, mostly. She has like 29 different roles, but she helped write this and another movie called Kept. Mm-hmm. Some of the cast in this movie is Ihi Shina, who plays Ruka, which a lot of people recognize her from Audition. Right. She was also in a movie called Sky High, which is a pretty cool sci-fi movie. She was in a, a thriller, uh a crime thriller called The Outrage, which I own with, a, I think, Takaguchi, Taka isn't mm-hmm. it? Famous, like... Uh, It's like a Yakuza film, but um, she also was in Helldiver, Meatball Machine, Kodaku, Vampire Girl versus Frankenstein Girl. We also have, and a lot of these, a lot of these people work together on a lot of these films, so I'm going to be repeating a lot of it. But we have Itsuji Itao plays the key man. He was the, also played the father who was, so he was like the same guy, Mm -hmm. but he was in, they were trying to confuse us with that, by the way, I think that's what. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Um he was in a movie called Superhero Taizen Kamen Rider featuring Super Sentai Sai Rider versus Showa Rider. Wow. <laughs> oh
1: okay. Yeah,
0: and then also he was in a movie called Kamen Rider The First, The Big Man Japan. He also was in a another movie called Tamami, The Baby's Curse, which is about a like a evil baby, which I have like a like a copy of and it's really hard to find. It was like a They printed it once and they never printed it again, kind of thing. It's not a great movie, but it's hard to watch because I can't see it. It's so small. It was like it was made for like an iPod or some (laughs) shit. You know what I mean? (laughs) But uh, he also was in a karate robo Zaborgar, which is like a giant Super Sentai Sun movie, plus a ton of TV shows that he's done. He's done a ton of those. We also have Yuki Hidei Benny. Who plays the chief in this movie? He was also in Robo Geisha, An Assassin, Vampire Girl versus Frankenstein, Frankenstein Girl, Hell Diver, Gothic and Lolita Psycho and more. We also have Gigi Boo who plays the Barabara man who is in Vampire Girl versus Frankenstein, Frankenstein Girl, Dead Sushi, Abductee, The Profane Exhibit as well. He we also have Akuno Sawada who plays the bar lady who was in Helldiver, The Chef is a Detective TV show, Emergency Interrogation Room TV show. We also have K Izumi, who plays the dog girl, who was in Yakuza Weapon, Robo Geisha, Mutant Girl Squad, Karate Robo Zaborgar, Helldiver, Vampire Girl versus Frankenstein Girl. And then supposedly Tak Goichi made an appearance in this, but I'm not sure where. Oh, I tried to look it up. But I couldn't figure it out. But it says it specifically in the credits because I took a lot of notes from the credits, oh, just to make sure they would pair up with IMDb because it's always off, right? When it comes yeah, to like Japanese port, or Asian movies, folk. yeah, yeah, it's always fucked up about it. I don't know why. But anyway, uh, Christina, what did you think about this movie?
1: Well, Alex.
0: Yes, Christina. It's,
1: well, it's a tale of a police officer's daughter where the story made absolutely no goddamn sense. And it was <laughs> mod podge, and the story was all over the place. And I was so confused. It was
0: secondary to gore.
1: Very. Well, yeah, the gore was good. I liked the weird futuristic. uh artistic part of it i thought that
0: was really cool yeah they get really creative in this one
1: yeah uh the and all the gore scenes and the death scenes and the mutations were really cool yeah and the makeup was awesome i liked the commercials the random commercials they had throughout the movie was hilarious most of them were hilarious that's the
0: political thing i was talking about
1: oh okay well that makes sense but but everything else was really mod podged together to me and there was a lot of flashbacks in the beginning, which was confusing as all hell because I have no idea who is who. And they kept introducing new characters, like even towards the end of the movie. Well, they would keep introducing different characters to move the story along, along to have people to kill. Right. Which I didn't like that. Which
0: is, there's already a barrier, a language barrier.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's so really it's hard. hard. Yeah. But, you know, again. I know it's a classic movie. Everybody loves this movie. Oh. I like it. I mean, <laughs> I think
0: it's better than Meatball Machine. I'll it say is that. better
1: than Meatball Machine. I will say that too. It was shot better and everything. I'm glad but- we watched it. I'm glad we own it. And I gave it a 4 out of 10.
0: 4 out of 10. So you, this is the same as that other movie?
1: Well, it's a little bit better. Okay. So then what? Fine. 4.5. That, okay. that was 3.5. This is 4.5. five. It's to make
0: sense. Like, Jesus Christ. It
1: makes sense in my head. It Pure garbage. That's what she's make, saying. It doesn't make sense for you, but it makes sense for me.
0: I thought she liked gory films. I guess not.
1: I do, well, it. it's the problem was the story. Okay. Continue. Me. They could just, if they it doesn't need to be that complicated when it comes to gore and stuff like you don't need a complicated storyline when you just want to kill people it doesn't need to be like your father's father father political murder blah 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 i'm not spoiling anything (laughs) (laughs) Uh like it does not need to be that complicated
0: you don't need to be
1: entering the streets in as well and the prostitutes and the pimps and the perverts and all this other shit we don't need all of that okay just calm down just just kill wow. people okay wow what would you think Alex <laughs> I
0: don't know how to follow that <laughs> well I think this one's a little bit more action-packed so it's not as slow as the other one like the meatball machine personally but meatball machine started it all so of course it's going to build off from it you know what I mean And but yeah, I like this one a little bit more, although by the third act, nothing was making sense as a whole can of worms just pretty much just got spilled out onto the screen and you're being pummeled by gore and and story and it doesn't make any sense at, at all. I mean, I figured it out but I was so confused while watching it that it kind of distracted me from just watching the gore pieces. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It is nonstop and glorious and it is action packed when it comes to this stuff. And they, they go for a very, this is a very aesthetic one over the other one. Like it's way more aesthetic. I think with the choices that they make uh, with the gore, how they kill people, there's like very different kills in it. I definitely think this one has is in the vein of the, of the other and, and, still stays wild, but even more so Mm -hmm. more of that SOV stylish, bigger budget, homemade look in the two thousands, which, you know, obviously seems to be a thing back then. Mm -hmm. It still thrives today, I think, but I think some of it has some of the, it's a kind of a tired style these days. Because we had so much of it that it was so similar to so many other things. It just desensitized people. Like I said, yeah, that
1: makes sense. it
0: is very desensitizing when you have that much gore on the screen. It's like it's hard to remember specific things that you like. But I tried to mark them in my notes here so that we could kind of go over them. Oh, that's good. Because there is a lot more in this one than there was the other one. I really like some of the out there deaths that they had because they like instead of just like killing somebody a specific way, they do it in some really fucked up, gnarly, uh, really mind boggling way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's cool. Like they they, at least they thought it out and they weren't going to just try to follow the same. They wanted to mix it up and make it different a little bit each time. So it's going to be stuff that you won't see in any other film, but it's done so much that you won't remember any of them. So it's just a splatter fest with a, like a simple story that they try too hard to get too tricky with and that it gets a little bit confusing in its attempt to do so. I personally still enjoyed this one a lot more. Like I said, just for the gore pieces alone, I wouldn't go into this movie as a a fan of story and be like, yeah, I'm looking for a really complex story. No, just watch this like you would a music video and just, you know, like enjoy the fucking gore like you're here uh, for the gore.
1: You're right. You're right
0: like and come you come here for the gore you don't come for the weird story and or the love story for that matter it's blood baby you know what i mean like all you want to see is pure blood
1: was there a love story in this
0: no but i'm saying oh, okay. compared <laughs> to meatball machine oh,
1: okay yeah, yeah
0: and it's so schlocky that you can't even you know be turned off by it there's some offensive things that happen in it yes like, there
1: is although you know
0: it, i don't know they get kind of like naked lunch kind of creaturific. like some of the special effects in this Mm -hmm. one get like pretty wild that reminded me of like David Cronenberg's naked lunch literally Mm -hmm. because you know like he has like these machines that like kind of like turn into like humping machines or something you know or like these creatures and stuff and there was this one scene where there was a chair with no head And it pisses on a crowd of people. (laughs) It's just
1: a female. I thought it was a male.
0: uh, It was just lots and lots of piss. They put a leaf over its vagina to emulate so that they didn't show it. Oh, do you see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I thought But it was people mail. are
0: very happy about it pissing on them like in the movie.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and there Weird. is some offensive political sort of commercials that she was mentioning in the film that I think were kind of making a jab at the politics in Japan, mm-hmm. honestly because they don't care about certain situations. It seemed like a political message, in my opinion.
1: One of the, well, one of the commercials, they were selling uh, was razors. Like, ra- razors to cut yourself. And they were to, like, like, cut,
0: teenage cut, girls. cut, cut, cut. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. So, yeah, trigger warning to those who don't want to. See that. But yeah, it's it's all tongue in cheek and it's done to, to be offensive, mm-hmm. like extremely offensive. But I, f- I can't help but think that there's a little bit of political message because this all takes place in the future where they've privatized like police force to work like corporations now run the police force. Mm-hmm. And so they're kind of like he's it's like the director was trying to say, like, you know, we're going to put these commercials in there to commercialize violence and death. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh Because there was like commercials of people like going to help execute people like you could play a video game and actually murder someone in real life on the other end Mm -hmm. or, you know, cutting yourself or, you know, the cops are saving people while they're obliterating like a dude in front of children and they're kicking their head around as a soccer ball. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just crazy shit, dude. So. Uh, I think this has a little bit more purpose, a little bit more meaning. I think it's a little bit more enjoyable. Even if it does get a little sideways in the storyline, you really got to focus on this one to really kind of pick it up uh, because there are some obligatory characters that were thrown in. Honestly, I think for pacing reasons and nothing more. And all it does is confuse the shit out of you. Like There was one scene in the movie that I thought was a flashback But it wasn't a flashback. In fact, it ties into the entire end, but they never explain why it's in there with this like girl. Yeah. Yeah. It just cuts to it all of a sudden. And then there's this obligatory fight. And then she shows up at the end like two more times. And it's like, what? Okay. Who is this? Like, what's going on?
1: This is why I got irritated. I
0: think what they were trying to do is because this engineer thing is kind of taking place all over the place Mm -hmm. and he's like using these he's turning people into engineers or whatever they wanted to make it seem more widespread so they wanted to add more moments of that but what they didn't do is express that this was just some random thing happening on the street corner they just cut to a fight scene all of a sudden and then it just seems out of place Mm -hmm. so yeah there is some you know some critical shit you could say about it. But for one of these types of movies where it's all about the gore and it's all about the like, like creative creativity and shit about it, not so much the storyline is that it's got some really great gore. And so on a scale of that, I would say this is a seven out of 10 for Mm. one of those types of movies. Okay. It could be higher um, considering this seems to kind of nail that down. Right. Some of the like officers in this, they they're wearing like full samurai helmets. Like they go back to a style, which I've seen in other like animes and stuff like that. When they go back to like a feudal Japan type style, you know what I mean? Uh Which is is definitely politically charged a little bit. uh, You know, when they say stuff, when they're doing stuff like that. So I'm, I'm curious. I feel like this has a little bit more depth to it, even though I didn't enjoy the depth on some of it. But others I did it does kind of feel like a meatball machine movie. So it feels like it's borrowing from it in some regard, but mm-hmm. they do have some pretty cool like effects that they did involving how these people change that I really liked. Like there was one scene in particular that I just was like, Oh wow, that's really cool. He's like, now you're an engineer. And it's like, Psh! and it's this thing happens. We'll, we'll talk about it later, but I, yeah, seven out of 10 for me, it's a little long, like it's an hour and 50 minutes. Like the third act would be, you know, it's a little overdone. So it's both good and bad because, you know, you get, you're so confused and good because there's just really cool death scenes. But still, I have to be a little critical because it is desensitizing just like the other movie, but I still enjoyed it for the gore, the shock that I got. It's trying to be shocking, gore-filled and exploitative. Plus there are a few nods to society as a whole in Japan, like I mentioned, that I think is tucked in there. So I just don't know because I don't live in Japan. Exactly. But it seems that way. But yeah. So you said 4.5 and I get a seven. So like, Jesus.
1: (laughs) Son of a bitch.
0: So it would be a six out of 10, but you gave it a 4.5. So it's like a 5.5 out of 10. Yeah. Between the two of us. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I still think this is the better one of the two. By it a is, ha- lot, it, by a lot. Oh, I don't not by a lot.
1: No. It's
0: still confusing, but I still think it it if it fl- the first it. the first half flows a lot better than the other movie. Oh, All together as a whole.
1: end of this movie. Oh,
0: God. It's really long. We kept looking at the time going, Jesus, is it still going? Like, <laughs> stuff was happening so much that it was just like, you know, but at least it mixes it up. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing I liked about it is that it mixed it up enough that it felt different, you know, right. rather than just two of the same people fighting over and over again in a different area. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... But we do have a little bit more trivia on this one that I got and I found for this movie because it seems a little more current. That's probably why. But uh, if you don't want anything spoiled, obviously we have the time down below. You can go to the end of the podcast talk where we will tell you what we're watching next. And uh, yeah, so if you don't want anything spoiled for Tokyo Gore Police, here here's your warning. Is your warning. So the Tokyo Gore Police premiered in several film festivals before it actually released in Japan, like most films most independent. But while working on special effects for Noburo Noburo's Iguchi's The Machine Girl, Yoshihiro Nishimura was asked by Media Blasters if he wanted to do another film. And Nishimura decided to make the Tokyo Gore Police a remake of an independent film that he made many years before called Anatomia Extinction, which received the special jury award in the off-theater competition at the 1995 Yabari International Fantastic Film Festival. So both of these movies are made from shorts.
1: Oh, huh. pretty
0: interesting, right? But interesting. you know, a lot of directors do that because you know it's their babies. Yeah, you know they ha- they they think of this idea that's like so grand and scale, and it's one of those movies that demands money. But you try your best just to try to express it and do it as way, any way you can. Just like Evil Dead was. I mean, you know, there's like five iterations of that. Mm-hmm. You know, so. They had Evil Dead Zero, which was the test footage that they used to do Evil Dead Mm -hmm. and then Evil Dead and then Evil Dead 2, which is like, those are all three of the same movies pretty much. Mm -hmm. Just a little different. But this was, they only shot this in two weeks. That's it. What? Yeah. What? Well, you probably, they probably worked on the like special effects and stuff in the background. So you meant they filmed
1: it in two weeks.
0: Right. They probably had to sit with some of the actors and stuff, but they probably did it, like, super fast.
1: Crazy. Because crazy. they have to
0: have the actors in order to put the implants on them. They can't just build it from nothing right. and assume that it's going to fit everybody. Right. So they did a really good job, if that's the case. Two weeks is fucking phenomenal. Yoshihiro Nishimura came up with the uh, idea of the brothel when they go in and do the auction and stuff, where the girl's oh,
1: pissing the on everyone. Yeah, and <laughs> The snail and the... Uh other one yeah he
0: called it a go-go bar and he he went to a go-go bar in thailand oh. and that's why he wanted to add it into this movie and i'm like did he go to a thai bar that a woman was pissing on everyone or <laughs> maybe a chair was pissing it on somebody <laughs> <laughs> they seemed really happy about it i swear to god The fight choreographer for the film was Taku Sakaguchi, who Nishimura has worked with previously in the film Meatball Machine. So the fighting is very similar in this one. Totally. The comical yet satirical television commercial scenes in the film were filmed by Noburo Iguchi and Yudai Yamaguchi. Yamaguchi suggested this to bring in a different flavor to the film to balance out the rest of the film's more dark tone Mm -hmm. so that it would be more fun, I guess. So, maybe it wasn't political, but it sure seemed like it. You know, like, what? what?
1: I guess. I don't know. As
0: if those weren't dark. Right. <laughs> I mean, it is satirical, but, you know. But yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I have for the. Oh. Yeah.
1: Well, the two week thing is crazy. kind of astounding. It's yeah. like, what
0: the fuck? Really? So, I thought that was pretty interesting, you know, for the movie. There, what are you doing?
1: Smushing a bug? Oh.
0: <laughs> She's like pounding on the desk. So, yeah, I don't know. We have some scenes that I wrote down and I marked on there that uh, I kind of wanted to talk about. Obviously, the piss scene was one of my more memorable scenes. Well, you
1: keep bringing it up. Jesus.
0: Dude, I mean, when people were, like, letting it squirt in their mouths and shit, it was pretty fucking memorable. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) And it's not like everybody wasn't dressed in, like, some of their best bondage gear. They had, like, those, like, you know, the, like, uh, latex outfits where the girls wear that look like they're in a Mickey Mouse outfit. Right. You know what I mean? Where it covers their face like it. You have the eye and the, eye and the mouth hole, but they have the bubbles on the top of the head yeah. and it's like really popular in like. Right. Yeah. It's latex. I'm pretty sure it wasn't like plastic. Yeah,
1: that's totally latex.
0: I guess it is a form of plastic, but it's a little bit different, right? You don't right. wear plastic. It's...
1: Well, I mean, you could.
0: Yeah. It's latex. But it's is... more of
1: a pain in the ass. Probably. Latex is stretchy.
0: Yeah. It's like wearing a fucking like pool floaty on your butt. <laughs> that's what it looks like but you know what i mean it's not right we have friends that design actual fetish gear <laughs> that actually design uh latex uh clothing and stuff like that so do you have any scenes that come to mind when you watched when you saw this movie
1: well i really enjoyed the part where they were at that that fetish party sale whatever thing and uh he goes back with one of the girls, and she bites his dick off.
0: She's got the. She's yeah. She's got the. Um, sta- she was
1: the snail. She's got girl. the staple was, nipples. Yeah. So she goes and she bites his dick off, and then she like spits it out. I thought that was great.
0: Something happens to her legs too. She like. Um...
1: Oh, that's right. So, uh, the guy with the uh, the uh, the gun eyes comes in. The key right? man. Yeah, he comes in, and then she something happens and she loses her legs and then they mutate and her legs turn into an alligator. Yeah, that was
0: really cool. So she
1: goes after the other guy with the alligator mouth legs.
0: Where she runs at him and then bites off his arm which looked really cool. and then directly after that, He bites his arm off and then he chases, he gets chased into another room and the key man goes up to him and he goes, welcome to being an engineer. And he sticks the flesh key into his arm Mm -hmm. and his arm just opens up Mm -hmm. like the chest bursting scene in fucking the thing. Mm -hmm. And it looked really cool. Yeah. That was one of my favorite scenes actually is when he stuck the key in Uh and turns it. Which is a really cool idea, if you think about it.
1: The whole key thing, in general, with all the people. So can we talk
0: about, let's talk, this is what we'll do. Let's talk about how these people become engineers. So, the story is this girl, this girl... She has a father who was a police officer, a well-known police officer before police organization turned corporation. He was renowned and known and loved and was one of the best police officers on the force. He was one of the best people in the country and, and admired by everyone except one guy and so they kill him in order to start this new organization for the corporation of police
1: they, sh- they shoot the father cop in the head
0: right because he was against privatizing the police yeah he
1: wanted to unionize
0: yeah he wanted to unionize god
1: them. forbid
0: yeah I know, you know?
1: god oh. forbid
0: the people actually yeah, make the it better get
1: to, oh god <laughs> no that can't happen <laughs> no. oh no
0: no it's gotta be one shoot guy shut
1: down all the stores who
0: sits back and collects a check off of everyone how it's gotta is, be
1: how is America going to survive (laughs) if we unionize how see this is
0: what I'm talking about this is why I feel like it's got a political message yeah I know but anyway so her father she's like she's like going to where he's having a rally and he's like saluting her and she's just in in so much admiration. In the beginning of the movie, you see him get shot in the head. But his head he like, doesn't
1: just get shot in the head. His head fucking explodes into
0: four into four like a like a plant that has like four. Yeah,
1: that's like oh, blooming. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a plant that's blooming, but it's like if his, his head brains went are in ex-
0: reverse, it would bloom. End. I don't know. Yeah, it was. It was cool though. Ridiculous. <laughs> so now we find out that she meets this guy named the Key Man, who is. Also entangled with her, and she doesn't know how, but we find out later that he was there when her father got shot in the head by guess who? His father. The key man, who was a doctor who was really intelligent and could stutter bio- biology, his father used to be an assassin for the police force, and they made him go and kill her father. And the guy who made him kill her father was the chief of police of the corporation, who is now the the leader of the privatized organization.
1: And they explained all of this in the movie within three minutes.
0: Right. But he's like, as he's explaining it to her, he's like, yeah, so me and you should stick together and fight these guys and beat them, you know, and uh, she's part cop, part engineer, and she goes to battle. And she uses her powers of her willpower of her father, her memory of her father, to keep the the engineer murder thing at bay. So get this. (laughs) When he saw his father shoot her dad in the head, the chief was behind his father with a gun shooting (laughs) him in the head, (laughs) which is illogical as shit. Right. So he watches him shoot her dad. Then he shoots his dad and his dad only was killing this officer because Lost his job as an assassin because I don't remember exactly what it was. Something happened where he lost his job and he wasn't able to do it. But his son was a genius and was going to be obviously a doctor of some sort, but he couldn't afford to put him through school. So he offers to take this one last assassin gig and it happens to be her father
1: and he gets killed
0: and he gets killed over it and then the kid becomes a, a biologist anyway and he at the time was studying murderers around the world
1: dna he had all their dna yeah he
0: has their genes whatever and decides that because his father was tricked and killed
1: wait wait but all these serial killer dna they're all american serial killers apparently
0: but because their uh, name was the whatever one the that bottom. doesn't matter he the gets bottom. so mad that his father dies he gets he starts injecting them all into his body And when he comes to, he wakes up after a murder spree and the doctor pulled a fucking tumor out of his head in the shape of a key. And that key key. was the, the thing that has all of the murder genes in it. And so he uses that. He replicated the key and started causing people to be engineers. So that's the story.
1: Right, and then going back to the alligator legs who who bit off that guy's dick, and then he died, but he got the key stuck into him, and then he came back with a big dick.
0: Yeah, <laughs> a dick that had like a like a turret on the tip, like it would move like and gun. shoot people. Yeah, it was yeah. Like a
1: machine gun. Yeah, with a dick gun.
0: And then he had like a a blood draining like fist, and then like a weird fleshy left foot. So they were like, they were just infecting people just to change the world, I guess, to make everybody engineers. And like Mm -hmm. at one point in the movie, everything just goes batshit crazy. And you're so confused because they didn't really explain that this was going to happen. This was kind of like that moment where the Joker tells Batman, you know. Sometimes mm-hmm. all society needs is a little push, you know, like...
1: Oh, that makes sense. And
0: it they didn't explain it well. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So when the whole world goes crazy, mm-hmm. and it's like Rise of the Batman or whatever, Rise of the Dark Knight, where the whole fucking place is going shitty, mm-hmm. they didn't explain it. And so it was confusing to us because we see everybody dressed up like cops, killing cops. Mm-hmm. So it was like, whoa, okay, what... But yeah, it was just regular citizens becoming engineers to kill off the police. Mm -hmm. And that's what the plan was the whole time. So we might have missed like a tiny bit of dialogue in the middle of some fucking gore or something like that, that, you know, it could be easy to do, Mm -hmm. you know, because there is so much happening on the screen at the time. (laughs) And it's funny when he tells her all of this, she's like, I'm really glad you told me and then cut him in half. And kills him <laughs> instantly. And you think that's it for him, but he shows up at the end of the movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like, wait, what? So uh, there was another scene that I did want to bring up that I have uh, marked here. There is a bartender that breaks a champagne bottle in this movie because this oh. police officer comes in. And this is one of the kills that I'm talking about that is like really memorable uh, is that she shoves up. She breaks a champagne bottle, the bottom of it. All the, all the stuff comes out, and she shoves it in the face of the officer, making a gaping hole. And I don't even know if he's an officer. He might just be one of those. Oh, just
1: like a, a, a rent-a-cop?
0: Right, right. Like one of the... No, no, no. I'm saying one of the regular people <laughs> turned engineer or whatever.
1: Right. Can't even tell.
0: Yeah, it was hard to tell. It was confusing. She shoves it in his face, and it hollows out this gaping hole. And then she puts the bottle, the, the mouthpiece to her lips... And blows his fucking face out the other end. And it slaps <laughs> on the ground. Like you see his eyes and his nose and his face is like. <laughs>
1: that was funny. <laughs>
0: that was funny. There was another one where they had like uh, the girl, the main girl Ruka has this like claw hand. Mm-hmm. And she bites off just the eyes on the front of the face. So like. his Yeah,
1: almost like a mask, like a sleep like, mask. It, it,
0: like cut off like everything from his eyes and his nose, but not his mouth. Right. So just cut off like his front of his eyes Perfectly. and nose, and I thought that was so like weird. Yeah, yeah, like what why? the fuck? But it's different.
1: Yeah, it is different.
0: Do you have another one or?
1: Well, I did like the part when um uh, there was this bartender lady that she was close to, and uh, she she gets in some trouble, and the cops tie her four limbs to four separate cars oh
0: they quarter, draw and quarter her yeah. yeah
1: and it, and then she comes up and there's like this loving like mother-daughter moment or whatever she, then, when she
0: was a kid this bartender lady stuck up for her in an alleyway and like shoot away some dude mm-hmm. when she was before she was a police officer and gave her the courage to become a police officer.
1: right. Which is another side story. Yeah,
0: which they don't explain so which, very well. So
1: which made this being tied to a car thing more dramatic because it was like a mother figure.
0: Yeah, that's the thing about this is like, it's like, Instead of, like, regular movies where they, like, build up that scene that happens to kind of mimic, to make you understand the connection between these characters. They have it in there, but it's just so obligatory that it doesn't feel like it's part of the story. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like they rush through it. Like, ah, let's just get this out of the way. Mm -hmm. They draw more attention to the fighting and stuff than they do, obviously. Mm -hmm. That, when they should have, like made that a little bit more endearing i guess
1: and the ending was so like to in my head i I kept thinking it was a video game like she had to go through all these different men to get to the final boss that's like what it felt like (laughs) hey
0: one of the girls wrote this remember the snail girl
1: oh yeah that's right but that's what it felt like is that she had to fight all these men to get to this last guy and who wins kill of course she does right and And then she gets control of the uh the the no dog legs. Girl. Yeah, the dog girl who all of a sudden has machine guns his legs and arms.
0: The, you should have known in the early scene, like that that her boss, the chief of police, was keeping a, a fucking engineer on hand. that on hand where he cut off her arms and legs and then put a mask over her face and stabbed her oh and removed the key from her head or whatever mm-hmm. to like control her. Control her. And she would just run around on her nubs, and I thought it was a dog at first, which is really creative. Like they did it, a yeah, really good lo- job.
1: It like it. Was and the actress to be a dog.
0: who was in her was doing a really good job, which they probably did with like a green screen on oh, her legs. Oh yeah, on
1: her arms and legs. Yeah, totally. Right. They had to.
0: But it was just interesting how they did it, and she for the whole time she was really dedicated to that. But there was like um.
1: What was on her head? That was there a manic depressive button? I didn't understand that.
0: I don't know what it was. It was like another switch on the back of her head. I guess that would put the key in or not.
1: Yeah, and then it it said manic depressive.
0: Oh, is it? Yeah, it's oh manic I didn't see that
1: because he clicked it twice. He clicked it on, and then it attacked her. And then when she got knocked down,
0: it turned off.
1: Yeah, it yeah it said manic depressive off. I was right. like, okay, that's weird.
0: So yeah, he just wanted to make her crazy or whatever. I don't know what the point was. Oh. But there was another scene where he has her give him a blowjob and he pushes the dog's the girl dog's oh, that's
1: right. face
0: on his crotch and then and then comes like really, really Stupid. like quivering lip style. <laughs> and then later on she comes back with knives on her hands. So she's like running around on these swords, like, which was kind of cool.
1: Yeah, what cool. And then
0: Ruka fights her and everything like that. And then she comes back at the very end with guns. guns. yeah. Yeah, like AK-7s on her fucking, or arms no, they and, were like Arm Light yeah. 15, Planetary. or Arm Light 16s.
1: They're ripping off planetaire.
0: Yeah, that's what I think, yeah. Totally. It could have Which been awesome. it kind of reminded me of like, um, Frankenstein's army a little bit too, because that has like a lot of stuff like that in it too, mm-hmm. um, but Another scene that I thought was really ridiculous and funny that I wanted to mention is there's a before she gets to the top to fight the chief, she has to fight through the coroner. The coroner is this guy that wears an eye patch the whole movie, and he's like part of the police force, too. And he has a literal hand gun. OK, and by that, I mean a gun with literal hands that he stuffs oh, in the front. Oh, that's There's like fists. There's like one that chokes her. There's like three that like middle finger and stab her, try to stab her. (laughs) And like she somehow uses the tongue of her like claw hand to like make each of the the fucking fingers, middle fingers, like get stuck on her, the tongue Mm -hmm. and then shoot back at him as like a rubber band. And they all stick into him. It was like really ridiculous, but I just but thought this it was. The whole movie's
1: ridiculous. I thought
0: it was really funny. I, I, and then he goes when he dies. He's like, "I got the point." <laughs>
1: ah. There's just so much.
0: There, yeah, there's there's quite a few bits. They at the very end they show that the the key man survived, and this other girl who oh that. That was the obligatory thing. So before the girl in the bar stabs the guy in the face and blows out his face on the other on the bottle, there's a scene where he he comes in and right before they get into that fight, they they cut to another fight scene, which it looked kind of like her, like a younger version of the bartender. So we thought that she was part of this force. Right. But no, she was just another police woman. Mm hmm. Who was fighting one of the engineers, and she's out there being a badass? And I'm like, why didn't we see this girl any other time? Like she's like kind of cool. Mm-hmm. She slices this one engineer, and the girl turns around and sprays green fucking acid titty juice all over her, and melts her down to a skeleton. And I'm like, what the fuck is this a flashback? Like I guess not. Yeah,
1: looked like a flashback the way the they they're filming it. Yeah. It's weird. It, it, oh, well, well, it whatever. cut away
0: from that fight twice. Right. So it cut to it and then it cut away to some show something else and then it cut back to that fight and then she sprays her with the titty the like green titty stuff that melts her and I'm like, well, I guess it's not a flashback since that's not her and she's still alive. Mm-hmm. And that's when she cut yeah. So I don't know. It was really weird, but I just liked that scene. I thought it was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. I like anytime somebody melts in a movie. So you got to point that out. <laughs> So I don't know. Ultimately, this had better, more memorable stuff in it, I think. The Meatball Machine is a good start, and I think it's one of those things where it's like, when I watch, you know, The Blair Witch nowadays, I, I, I'm I like, eh, you know, it's really not that scary. It's not that impactful. Like, I remember why it is and what I believed or other people believed back then.
1: Well, it's because we had an experience with it.
0: But it like, started a it, fad. It did it, and, didn't, yeah. Yeah, so it it's like hold. Meatball Machine is still a good movie to watch now. But it's just like it has that kind of wear on it where we've seen so many other movies surpass it in in certain degrees, you know, mm-hmm. even though it's the one that really kind of started it, a lot of it, you mm-hmm. know. But technically, you know, this guy that did Tokyo Gore Police, he did that one back in 1995, apparently. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it all comes from that Super Sentai sort of like manga crazy shit that they fucking like digest over there so you know it was bound to happen at some point in time but you know i feel like meatball machine was one of the first ones and so it kind of like blew up that market to make it possible to do it Mm -hmm. cheap and affordable enough and marketable enough to make you know like a whole bunch of movies like it so But uh, yeah, so that's everything for this week, guys. Thank you, Ryan, for donating these movies to us. We really do appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Very cool of you. Uh, We got other movies that he sent, too, that we're going to be doing uh, for Christina's birthday, but we're going to say that's going to be the end of August, so you're going to want to tune in for that one, too. Mm. But uh, yeah. Next week, we're going to be watching Deadbeat at Dawn from 1988, which is a pretty wild action film that was, you know, very gory, very homemade. Again, it seems like we're on a kind of like a roll with this stuff here (laughs) past couple of weeks here, but it's kind of like a just a very violent, gory action film. Not so much horror, but it will definitely be appealing to folks like us. Who liked this kind of stuff. So I guess you could say we're just in the mood for some gore, guys. But uh, you can watch this movie, Deadbeat at Dawn, on Tubi for free or rent it for $1.99. It's up to you. We also have Lethal Force, which is a 2001 movie that uh, was put out to kind of mimic movies like Deadbeat at Dawn. Uh, So it's going to be kind of an interesting you know, mix or dichotomy of those two movies that is just over the top action and silly get out there and do it kind of movies. Um, That one you can actually rent on. It's called Lethal Force and you can find it on Amazon Prime for a dollar to rent. So, you know, two movies for three bucks if you want. It's free, Uh, Deadbeat at Dawn is free on Tubi, so actually it's only a dollar. So if you want to follow us along and watch some really ridiculous action films that uh, we wanted to watch and were gifted to us, one of them was Lethal Force Mm -hmm. by Slade Shepard, who I wanted to make sure that I watched one of his films uh to kind of review so uh because when anybody gives me gifts you know i want to fucking like uh, yeah give back so thank you slade for that so we'll be watching those two next week and uh we hope to see you guys then we hope you enjoyed this episode let us know your thoughts about tokyo gore police and meatball machine which one do you like more and what do you think uh, is the kind of the main one that started it all maybe i'm wrong and maybe me machine isn't the one but that's the one i recall so let me know in the comment section down below write us if you have any questions and thank you and as always
1: long live the void